1: Time for the 49ers rush podcast. And here's your host. John Chapman.
2: What is going on faithful? It is Sunday, which means we got to talk football. Um if there's one thing that I just want to be able to continue as much as possible in the off season, it's that no matter what, combine, free agency, draft, don't care, Sunday is a small little space even though we don't have football, you know, on the screen and all those things that we just man, you just hold on to it. Some traditions are worth fighting for. Um, And I'm just so happy to be with you guys today. I love seeing all the Countdown crew coming in. Today's an interesting day because it's the last day of the Combine, which, oh my gosh, Uh, (laughs) my entire week has been awesome, uh, absolutely crazy. And let me just like... I understand like some of the questions that we might get today are like, Oh, who are your winners and losers from this day and whatever else. And I, I love those questions and please feel free to bring those. Let me just like explain the way in which I watch the combine, which is probably not normal. Um, I record it and I wait for it to get about 30 minutes ahead. And then that's whenever I start watching it. So I'm not doing a lot of like live tweeting because I'm just behind. Um, and man, As I'm watching the Combine, I've got all my notes, my spreadsheets, and all this stuff out, which uh, according to where we are currently at, we have 120 pages of notes on our draft book, which will be available free um, for every Patreon member. They'll get access to that. We're going to do a version one this year and then a version two right before the draft. So uh, we're going to share kind of those things that we got going on. Shout out to Josh. Shout out to uh, Captain Bride helping out on that one. And, of course, you know, Brian Carter, he's always helping as well. Awesome team coming together on the draft stuff but so i'm watching the combine and a prospect comes up to do the 40 or a drill or whatever I, i'm looking at okay is he bow-legged is he knee knocked uh is he pigeon-toed uh, what's his wingspan or is his hips tight all those things so as soon as one prospect does one drill i pause it i go into the notes and i you know add all that in there so having said all those things you know we're three days in I have spent, you know, I've tried to monitor my time relatively well. I'm at about 17 hours of watch time. I've only got six hours of gone through the actual combine time. Um, so having said that, I have not seen all of the positions. Um, I have not finished day one. I'm about three hours into that one, uh, you know, and so on and so forth. So uh, trying my hardest to get as much just data and characteristics and you know flaws and background on all these late round guys because here's my goal there's so much draft content out there and that's beautiful and I love those things it, but almost all of it is geared to first and maybe some second round picks once you get to third fourth fifth rounders especially 6th 7th rounders it's almost impossible to find anything without paying you know a subscription fee and all those things so what i'm trying to do is navigate through all of that and try to figure out which one of these guys will fit the 49ers culture-wise, which I think is so important. And again, I, I want to give a you know just a huge shout out to my man Brian, um, who's going through and just digging through these guys official, like what's their major? Are they academic honor roll? Uh, what's their family history? All that kind of background info because the Niners that's so important, and whenever I see a kid. That was a three time academic all American all conference. Man, th- that's the most important thing that I could see through all this trade process because 82 out of 90 players on last year's 90 man roster, initial 90 man roster, were all academic something. Um, the 49ers got a type, they want these smart players, right? And so, I, I think that's kind of what's key. And that's what I want to see. That's what I want to see. So uh, appreciate you guys. This is going to be a little bit of a and a episode. I've got some questions and comments queued up. And if you've got something um, that you want to be talked about, just tag me. Put at John, very similar with the Josh, who's $40 faithful forever put on here. He says, John, do we take a kicker in the third round? I don't want to spend a third round pick on a kicker. Um, I just do not. I understand that we have three. Um, let me throw up the, the picks that we have there just so you can kind of see what they have. The 49ers do have three third round picks now. And again, like I will be blatantly honest. I have not done, um, any kicker research whatsoever to this point. And, you know, as soon as the Robbie gold news came out, I just like, I was just like, Oh no, I have to evaluate kickers this year, <laughs> which I probably should have anyway. Um But yeah, so that's what we got to do now. That's what we got to do. So I'm just going to let you know, I have not done it. I I do understand that there are lots of kickers out there this year. Jake Moody of the Wolverines is a big one. Um, Again, I've not watched any of these guys. Maryland's got Ryland and the top graded on several sites is um, Anders Carlson, who's a senior from Auburn. Um, I think he's Auburn. It says the Tigers next to his, his thing. Yeah, it's Auburn. So uh, there's lots of guys out there. I will be going through kicker write-ups, which is hilarious to me. Um, but no, I would not take, um, a player, a kicker in the third round. That That's just, just no. Um, you guys were there for me that have been around for a while. You guys were there. I was at the Nashville draft when they spent a fourth round pick on Mitch Wisnowski. And Mitch has gotten much better. His first two years was not a fan. Third year got good. Fourth year got great. Signed him to an extension. I hope that continues. But still, that was not worth it. Uh, You got three years of subpar punter performance um, and spent a fourth-round pick. That's just not how I see the value of picks. But that's okay if you do. Disagreements are great. Um, I'm not spending a third-round pick on a kicker. Just not. It's just. Unless they were amazing, um, no. Now, what I want the 49ers to do, and let, let, let's preface this just a little bit. Let, let's back this up with, you know, let, let's let's corral this whole discussion correctly. Robbie Gold, um, it leaked out yesterday that he is going to be testing free agency, and even though he enjoyed his time in San Francisco, he would like to go elsewhere. This is not new. When Robbie Gold's contract ended Three years ago, he won it out and he made it very publicly known he does not want to stay in San Francisco. He wanted to go home, Chicago, kick for the Bears, be by his family and his kids. No issues with that. Like I have no problem with that whatsoever. The 40 hours franchise tagged him to keep him here. Um not I mean, that's part of the NFLPA and the rules that they have agreed to in this collective bargaining agreement. And so he signed an extension, he got um You know, a two-year, $7.2 million deal, whatever else. Let him go, man. Um, He's done his bit. And he's getting older, and he's great. And I wish Robbie Gold was coming back. If Robbie Gold wanted to be here, I would sign him. You know, $4 million, whatever. Uh, Last year, he got $3.6 million. $4 million, get the deal done, bring him back. He's that good. Hasn't missed a kick of the playoffs his entire career. Having said that, there's two sides to every coin. The limitations of Robbie Gold is he can't kick far. If you don't get to the 30-yard line as an offense, we're not attempting a field goal. That's it, 30 yards. That's it. And that is a gigantic limitation. I would argue Robbie Gold probably has the weakest, as far as distance goes, leg in the NFL um, at his age. Didn't used to be that way. And so you're missing the consistency. From In close 30 yards in, but you're going to be gaining a little bit more length, right? So now instead of getting to the 30, you can attempt from the 36, you know, things like that. Now, you're going to miss out on consistency, we're going to have missed kicks, and there's not a lot of great kicks out there. Kickers out there, uh, if you're a good kicker, usually don't let get let go. Uh, CG says sign Matt Gay, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, kickers are they're head cases, man, it's a whole different. It's a whole different thing. It's a whole different thing. So I I don't know. You know what I want them to do? I want them to bring in a veteran, and I want them to bring in a rookie. And so if you spend, again, in the way that I see picks, okay, first and second rounders are immediate contributors. 49ers don't see it that way, but that's kind of the general logic, right? Immediate starting contributors. Third to fourth round? And I I do put those two rounds usually together. Third to fourth round, okay, developmental starters. And then fifth, sixth, seventh round, and it gets, you know, more exponential the rounds you go deep. Now it's time to swing for the fences. Now it's time you go for, once you get into, you know, pick 200, these guys all have some serious flaws. That's why they've been passed over. Now it's time to be a little bit reckless. And what, what do I mean by that? Like, Man, you go after somebody that has high upside but an injury history. You go after somebody that has elite traits but not a lot of playing time, things like that. Um, and, again, you want to go after a kicker in those those rounds? That's cool. If they would have drafted Mitch Wisnowski in the fifth round, I wouldn't have liked it, but I would have been like, all right. And, again, that's just the way in which I see the value of those picks. Well, again, you see at the bottom of the screen this year, 40 Irish have three third-round picks, but it's going to be like – after pick 99, I almost see those as fourth round guys. But again, the demarcation between third and fourth round picks for me, uh, developmental starters. That's kind of how I see it. So I, I don't want to spend that pick on a kicker. But if they did, I understand the need. I understand the need. If there's a guy they fall in love with, all right, we'll see it. Now, one more thing that we have to keep in mind, Mitch Wisnowski lost his job. As the kickoff guy, because he he can't kick it in the end zone for touchbacks. Robbie Gold, who again I just told you has like the weakest leg of any kicker in the NFL, took his job as the kickoff guy a year ago. So, most kickers in the NFL all do the field goal, PAT, and kickoff. So odds are one of those guys will be able to come in and you know kind of take over that you know whatever. So we'll see there. Um, and, yeah, the, the common name that keeps getting thrown around is Jake Moody. Um, CG, I agree with you. and That's the the one that I see the most. Eddie Pinheiro, Tommy, uh, he was with our defensive coordinator, right, Steve Wilkes. So there's a little bit of overlap there. Pinheiro, you know, I don't do a lot of kicker breakdowns, and so I don't keep up with the kickers around. I do need to dive into this, but I, I'm going to spend all my time divulging the combine first. Once I finish the combine, then I'm going to get the draft book out there, version one for all the Patreon members. Um, then, then we will jump in to some of those things with you know uh, all, all the other craziness and yeah you know, kickers and free agency and all that stuff. But I want to get the draft stuff out there first uh, so that you guys can have that. Now, if you want the the draft book, which this is our eighth version, I believe of the draft book, um, it's. It's your one-stop shop one stop shop for 49ers draft content. goes through everything. You want to know all the players that met with the 49ers? You want to know who's academic honor roll? You want to know player comps, how they did PFF scores, all that kind of stuff? We got gotcha. you. And it's free to every single Patreon member. Number one way to support the show right here. All you got to do is go to patreon.com slash 49 Podcast, and as soon as you sign up, you get almost everything, depending on the tier you pick. And if you're just interested in 49ers play, guess what? We have every single offensive, defensive, and special teams play from the last two and a half years, every single game for the 49ers. Nobody else has this content. Now, not to mention we have extra episodes weekly. We've got scouting report breakdowns. We've got betting. We've got your one-stop shop for 49ers content. And if you want to be heard, guess what? We got Zoom Hangouts twice a month where we listen to you. Patreon.com slash 49ers Rush Podcast or just Google Patreon and 49ers. We're the first one that shows up. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I'm getting some awesome questions and comments coming through. Josh says the draft book is fire. Uh, love it, Daryl. Thank you so much for the contribution. He says, "Hey, JC, do you think we should get bigger at offensive center position?" Ah, it's interesting because there's trends that the 49ers kind of follow. They want that hyper athletic center. That that it doesn't matter if you go with you know. Alex Mack and Kyle Shanahan have just like been buddies. Uh, you know, he drafted him whenever he was with the Browns as the OC. Then he goes to Atlanta, brings him down there, comes to the San Francisco, brings him over here. you know, he loves those athletic guys. We got the guy from the Ravens, which just didn't work out because of injuries. and then you know even you know what with, with what we have now, Jake Brindle's one of the most athletic centers in the NFL. His problem's not athleticism. It's strength at the point of attack. He cannot sustain run blocks. He's great in pass pro. He cannot sustain run blocks, and he just gets manhandled. He's he always gets to the position correctly. When we do our Patreon breakdowns, right? He can block perfect for one second. That's it. And so he gets right where he's supposed to be, and you know whether he's you know sealing off a nose or a shade or whatever. But then the guy just says nope, picks him up, moves over, and goes and makes the play. And I think Jake Brindle is one of the biggest reasons why the 49ers run game was stagnant this year or more stagnant than normal. It was Jake Brindle. So adding size there would be nice. You got to have the athleticism. Um, centers are hard, man. There's not a lot of good centers. And so, yeah, I would like more size. But I do not think that Kyle Shanahan is is open to sacrificing athleticism at the center position guards. Maybe we saw it with Aaron banks and that's been a perfect fit. I don't think so as much at the center position. Um, so that's kind of where that is. Joey says, what's up, John? I'm on vacation to the Philippines catching a live show. Oh, I love it. Joel is the freaking man. Thank you, man. Um, Oh yeah, I forgot. Um, we do have again, sticking with our theme. We are going to do our 49ers watch party again. Um, this Wednesday, uh, Wednesdays at 5.30. Uh, we did the Monday Night Football 49ers at um, the for, Raiders at the 49ers game where Jerry Rice had three touchdowns last week and broke the all-time super uh, touchdown record. We did that last week. Uh, this week's going to be fun. We're going to stick with it. Um, so we're just going to be going through that. So all Patreon members, you have access to that. Come join us. It's an absolute blast. Um, some other questions. Here we go. George, John, why do you think Kyle wasn't at the Combine? A lot of coaches are starting to do this now. This is a newer trend um, where it's not like the Forty ers aren't represented at the combine. The scouts and, you know, personnel managers and all of them are there. The coaches, which the Forty ers are getting a lot of new coaching staffs, back-to-back years, really four years in a row. Since Kyle Shanahan has showed up, coaching staff is just doing this. Everybody wants a piece of what Kyle Shanahan does, offense and defense. So it's so it's funny whenever you, you put into context what the NFL is doing and how they keep stealing Kyle Shanahan guys, and yet you still have content creators that are talking trash on Kyle. And it's like, do you not understand? Kyle is a top three coach minimal. He was runner-up for coach of the year. Runner-up uh, for the second time in his five years with the 49ers. Uh, runner-up for coach of the year twice. Uh, anyway. So the coaches right now, they are working, but they are working on personnel, install, getting to know, filling the coaching staff, you know, just getting everybody up to speed because you're about to have, you know, before you jump into free agency, which that's the next, um, kind of important date. Here you go. We'll throw this up there. Uh, March 15th is when free agency starts. You got 10 days. To figure out what your plan of action is defensively, offensively, linebacker core, D-line, O-line. Do we want to go bigger at center? These are questions that they have to ask and have completely solidified because you've got to be able to place out and fulfill your room. You know, again, I was only a high school coach. um, But when we had all of our players, you know, from spring football going over, we would have our board, right? Our depth chart board. And we would always have our meetings. And usually, you'll have like an all per, you know, all staff meeting.
0: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears.
2: Meeting Every coach from every position, special teams, offense, defense together. But those are like the shortest meetings. You have those meetings and you break up. Then you go offense, defense, and then that breaks up even further. DTs, DNs, y'all get together. Okay, y'all work with linebackers on some inside run zone fit drills, whatever. But what they're doing right now is they're sitting there and they're saying, look, where are we weakest? Where do we want to allocate this cap money to? Where do we want to allocate draft capital to? and trying to fit all these different pieces. That's what the coaching staff's doing now. So this is going to be a much more common thing where coaches do not go to the combine near as much as what they used to. Um, That's just the way it's going to be. Um, Kevin from uh, B&D Gaming, what's up, man? He says, do the 49ers players interview this season, give you a guess into what they're looking for prioritizing in the draft? Uh, First off, just want to say shout-out to Steph Sanchez. She's the best there is. She's at the combine now with 49 carats. She does the best um, of almost anybody out there. Let me share this. I'm going to share this in the the chat. Um, Here we go. Uh, This is the address for – and, again, if you're listening to this, um, best place, just jump on YouTube and you'll be able to see it. I'll add it to the description. I uh, hope I don't forget to do that. I'll add it to the description of the audio content. And so it's just a Google Doc where she just has kept track of every single meeting uh, that the 49ers have had. She's done this a few years in a row. It's, it's the best resource out there. So I just share that. And they've met with a lot of people. And, you know, they're going to do their due diligence. They love that word. And, you know, I, 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 say, I always bring this up because the 49ers in 2020 did not draft one player that they had a meeting with. Didn't draft one. Last year, almost every player that they drafted, they met with. So they like to buck trends. First year, John Lynch showed up, tied the record for most draft day trades. Last year, didn't trade once. They, they like to throw curveballs. Uh, my guess is, yeah, these they're going to be... Here's what I say. Don't pay attention to the positions that they're interviewing because they interview all positions. Pay attention to, like, okay, here's what I'll say. Let me let me go to my list. If you look at edge players, okay, just throwing this out there, a lot of the guys that they're meeting with are third-round edge guys, second- and third-round edge guys. What does that tell me? They're trying to see if they need to trade up or if they stick pat and get an edge guy there. We know that they value certain positions more than others, offensive line, defensive line. What positions – um, are they interviewing, and where is the majority of their draft stock at, those players, right? You look at linebackers, and this was a question that I got from uh, Ray Lamar on Twitter. He says, um, I see why the 40 ers have interest in Graham from Purdue. He's talking about Jalen Graham. He's potentially, potentially a third-round third linebacker that can play all three downs. The question is, and this is what he asked me, would they pick him in the third round if he fell? I said, no. No, I I don't want to take a linebacker in the third. I, I think that's a misuse of resources. Now, if he's an absolute stud, okay, cool. I get it. And somebody out there is sitting there screaming like, well, they keep taking running backs that don't pan out in the third, so why not? My thing is this. You have Fred Warner. You have Dre Greenlaw. Best case scenario for a linebacker that you draft in the third round is 15 plays a game. Best case, I don't want to spend that resource. Again, go back to first, second round picks, immediate, third, fourth round, developmental starters. Plus, you have Oren Burks, who I really like. You have Curtis Robinson. You have Marcelino McCrary Ball, who I really like as well. Plus DFF. That linebacker room is solid. Not saying you shouldn't draft one. I'm saying third round. I don't see it. I don't see it. That's just me. Yeah, Josh, him and I speak the same language. Edge and tackle is what I want in the third round. So let me ask you this, and I want to see you throw this in the in the chat. I, I don't want to hear best player available, whatever, and that's okay if that's your opinion. You say that. 49ers have three picks in the third round. If you could just pick, forget players, forget this draft, forget the combine, what three positions would you choose? Just write like RB, comma, LB, comma, safety, co- the inner. What three positions would you choose, would you want the 49ers to go after with their first three picks? Because Josh here said edge and tackle, okay? Me personally, I would go edge, tackle, center. That Those would be my three. Maybe defensive tackle in there as well. Like That's where, and, and I think if you look at the 49ers roster, gosh, man, it's going to be so damn hard to make this team the 53 you might be able to make the 90 you're gonna make the 90 if they draft you good gosh I mean even at center you got Jason Poe you got Zekiel do you bring back Brindle Daniel Brunskill does he come back that's tough tackle that's not easy either Trent Williams obviously I'm assuming Mike McGlinchey walks well guess what Jalen Moore Colton McKivitts maybe kick out Spencer Burford maybe bring back Daniel Brunskill you're gonna beat one of those guys out but I still think that you need as many dart throws as possible at those positions, and so, yeah, I'm curious. You know, and I'm seeing a lot of really good answers in here: um, defensive tackle, offensive tackle, safety, offensive tackle, edge, corner. Oh, look at this, Kenneth. What's up, Kenneth? He says two edges at a tackle. I don't mind that. I don't mind that at all. Um, and yeah, you know, CG. He says this: if Noah Sewell is available at 157, would you draft him? Now, if we're sticking with this kind of conversation, pick number 157, uh, that's going to be in the fifth round. I'm cool with that. Uh, you know, Noah Sewell, that's obviously Sewell's little brother, the tackle from Panay Sewell. Um, yeah, I haven't done film work on him as much as I would like to, but there's a lot of Oregon guys, which I like. Um, yeah, I, I don't mind that pick. I don't mind that pick. Um, interior defensive line, interior offensive line tight end. Ooh, there we go. We're getting some tight ends, tackles, center. This is fun. Getting some good stuff in here. I love this. Ooh, a slot corner, says Mr. Hand uh, Hand Hardy. I like that. CG says, tight end, I would go in the fifth or seventh round. I like that. I like that. And this is one of the things that we don't know. Big Papa, thank you, man. Always good to be with you. Says, John, that question seriously depends on how our red shirts are developing. And again, we have to go at this. Look at last year. Look at last year. Every single person, I wasn't the biggest on it, but let me just rephrase that. A majority of content creators, 49ers, Twitter, whatever else, safety, 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 draft safety. They were talking about Jalen Brisker uh, out of Pitt State. Get him your first pick, all this stuff. Trade up for a safety, safety. Nicholas Cross, all these different safeties. 49ers drafted zero safeties. Why? They believed in Huff. They believed in Huff. Um, some of us did believe in Huff. Some of us believed in Drake Greenlaw. Uh, those two players panned out perfectly this year. Um, you know, we we got lucky maybe with those two uh kind of analysis here. But we don't know, Big Papa, to to put your to answer your question. We don't know. I know that they're really high on certain players. Quantrez knight is high on that list. Jason Poe is high on that list. Nick Sakil is high on that list. Does that affect those positions? Do they see them stepping in in an Aaron Banks-type situation and going ham? I hope so. I hope so. Oh, check this out. No way. Melissa, she says, today's my birthday. Um, curious, is your birthday shared with an NFL player like mine shared with Justin Fields? Well, first off, Melissa, I just want to say happy birthday. And I want to say thank you for your positivity, always being with the community, the support that you show across so many platforms. You are incredible. Um, I don't know. I'm September 14th. And I don't know if somebody wants to look that up. I don't know who shares my birthday, but happy birthday to you. You are the best of us, uh, and I'm just very, very thankful to having cr- crossed paths, whether it's digitally or in person. Uh, very, very happy uh, for you, and hopefully you have a wonderful day. Dan, he says, John, I tend to guess way wrong on what our needs are based on what Lynch and Shanahan do. So which redshirted players are projected well enough to skew teams' needs? Linebacker's the biggest one for me. Defensive tackle and edge, you got to have more guys. We don't have the bodies. So those positions, even if Kalia Davis is awesome, well, I don't know because you do have four defensive tackles. Um, you're going to have Armstead. You're going to have Ken Law, which I know a lot of people are low on, but he's a stout body that has flashed a lot of good promising football. Sadly, his worst game was the last game, but go watch that second half. He wasn't near as bad as the first half. He did get better, but still, Kevin Givens, you get to keep him because he's uh, restricted, and then Kalia Davis. So you got four defensive tackles. You're going to need more. Um, Safety's one of them. Taylor Hawkins was great. I I think Taylor Hawkins is great, but are you comfortable with him being a guy that could step in and compete for starting snaps? I don't think so. I'm fine with Taylor Hawkins being the third or fourth guy, not the number two guy. You know, if you keep, if you're able to get Tayshawn Gibson back, then great. Because now you can bring in some youth and inexperience like Taylor Hawkins to be that number three guy or number four guy with um, Odom there. I'm fine with that. If you cannot get Tayshawn Gibson to come back, now you got to go get another vet. So I think that's huge. Wide receiver is pretty stout. I mean, good gosh, you got everybody back. Debo, Ayuk, Ray Ray, Jawan, like Danny Gray. Like you've got those five guys all coming back. That's why I don't think wide receiver is going to be a huge need, but they will draft one. They draft more wide receivers than anything else. So there's, there's not a lot of spots, you know what I'm saying, uh, that that I look at and I'm just like, hmm, uh, we'll see there. We'll see there. Uh, Phillip on Patreon, he asked a good question. He says, can you talk about dead caps? Where do they come from? How do they work? What are they? All those things. Well, if we look at just what dead caps are, you'll see a player sign a two-year $10 million deal, whatever. And then they'll come out and say, oh, it's only a $2 million cap hit. Well, the reason why it's not five and five is because the signing bonus gets spread out over the length of the deal. And the signing bonus, uh, it can go up to five years. So for example, How do I phrase this? If if a player signs a five year, $20 million deal, okay, that's $4 million each year, right? $4 million, $4 million, $4 million, $4 million for 20 years or, or for those five years, simple. But what they'll do is they'll do a $10 million signing bonus. Now, that $10 million gets spread out over five years. So that's a $2 million cap hit the first year, $2 million the next year, whatever. All that salary cap or all that signing bonus is dead cap. Once, Because as soon as they sign, it's called signing bonus. John Chapman signs his deal. I wish I got signing bonuses. I get $10 million up front. But that is allocated on the cap for future years, $2 million each year for those five years. So that's $8 million dead cap after the first year. So the NFL has even gotten more complicated with what's called void years. Okay, so now what they'll do is they'll say, hey, we're going to sign you on a three year extension. So three years, nine million, right, three million a year. But we're going to add on to that to where one million comes off in the fourth year and one million comes off in the fifth year to help salary cap. It's just finagling. It's kind of, you know, Robin Peter to pay Paul and all that kind of stuff. But if you look at the 49ers and where they fit. The player with the most dead cap on the 49ers. Uh, roster is Debo Samuel. He's got thirty-five million dead cap, a you know, huge signing bonus. He's the twenty-seventh, twenty-seventh most dead cap player in the NFL. I, almost all of them are quarterbacks and defensive ends. And so again, like l- let's just put this into perspective. This is the amount of dead cap on these players' salaries left. Okay, Dak Prescott, eighty-nine million. Mahomes, ninety-four. Kyler Murray, ninety-seven and a half million. Rodgers, 99 million. Russell Wilson, 107 million dead cap. That's second most. The most dead cap in the NFL. And I know Lamar Miller's, uh, Lamar uh, Jackson's listening to this show. It's Deshaun Watson. Remember, number two is Russell Wilson with 107 million. Number one, Deshaun Watson, $220 million over twice. This is why the Lamar Jackson deal can't get done because the Browns screwed the entire market uh, to go get this dude. And so the 49ers are in pretty good space, uh, space dead cap wise. They're, they're doing very, very well. Now, if we look at, let me open this up real quick. If we look at just where the 49ers dead cap um looks like and kind of what those things are like, they're doing really, really well. They have $17 million dead cap this year. Really not bad at all. Um, very, very healthy, I would say. D Ford, this is the last year. D Ford, he's the largest with eight and a half. Jimmy Ward, even if he plays elsewhere. Talk about those void years. We added on this cap space because they knew in the COVID year, right? When the d- cap dropped that it would jump back up. And so they put 6.3 million this year, even though Jimmy's not going to be playing for us. You're still paying him 6.3 million. Alex Mack, one point four million, and that's it. The rest is all pennies. The Niners are one of the best in the NFL at dead cap, and after this year, it's going to be much better because D Ford's going to be done and Jimmy Ward's going to be done. Uh, so it it just again, you're just borrowing from the future. You're taking a loan out on the salary cap to get more players now. That's what that is. That's what that is. So uh, hopefully, you that explains some <laughs> of what we got there um but yeah so that's kind of what that is now uh, here we go big papa so is it simply signing bonus equals dead spread out over contract signing bonus is the most simple because it's spread out evenly over the length of the deal but you could finagle all those things and say well you get this much cash this year that much cash next year and change things so like for example you know if we look at let's just look at george kittle's deal okay Because we're like, we're in the midpoint of this. He signed a five year, $75 million deal, which is simple. That's $25 million for five years. Simple, right? However, the cap hit is only $20 million this year. It's nine. I'm sorry, that's dead cap. I, I was off. So the dead cap is $20 million this year, $9 million next year, $4 million the following year. Why is that the case? He got all of his money up front. And teams like that because it makes it easier to get out of contracts late. You remember whenever like morons were saying, oh, trade George Kittle last year, trade George Kittle last year. It made no sense. Why? Because he had $27 million dead cap last year and $20 million dead cap this year. Meaning, if you trade George Kittle, you're paying him $20 million to play for somebody else. No team in the world is going to do that. That's why whenever I see this clickbait crap out there, I just laugh because I'm like, You're going to pay George Kittle $20 million to play for somebody else. Help me understand why that makes sense. Help me understand why that makes sense. Because again, George Kittle, like that doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Now next year, 9 million against the uh, dead cap, 4 million the following year. So then, then I get it. Okay. And sticking with the void years, he has a void year in 2026 for 1.7 million. So even if, George Kittle plays through 2025 for the 49ers and goes elsewhere. You still have a $1.7 million cap hit in 2026. Um, Hopefully that makes sense. So again, it's easy to play the, the Madden. Oh, let's just trade it. This isn't the NBA Uh, contracts. Don't go with the players and dead money. Like that's not it. So it gets pretty complex and the salary cap hips and all that kind of stuff, whatever else. But Um, yeah, hopefully that kind of answers some of what you were saying. Uh, but anyway, so I know that the combine's about to start. I just wanted to get on here. I've been working crazy, but I haven't been putting out a podcast just because I'm trying to get through this draft content as much as possible. Um, so again, just want to say thank you for your patience and hopefully you're becoming familiar with some of these players. Hopefully you're developing some fan favorites and some 49ers fits. I love that stuff. Um, but enjoy the combine today. We got a lot of stuff coming your way. Content's going to pick up as soon as I get this first version of the draft book done. Then it's going to be almost daily through free agency and leading up to the draft and all that stuff. So we got you. Appreciate you guys. And as always, stay strong, faithful.